Summer drinking season is long, which is why non-alcoholic beer is a great addition to your cooler. But what makes you reach for one NA beer over another? Is it great flavor, variety of styles? Maybe you just like a cool can. Well, no matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor, it's athletic. Award-winning styles, it's athletic. Huge variety, guess what? It's athletic. From IPAs, extra dark, sours, hazies, and more, to summertime favorites like light brews and goldens, it's the number one NA beer brand in the U.S. It's athletic. Ask for it. Fit for all times. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Think about it. You're hanging out at the beach. Maybe you're going to a music festival, ball game, camping, late night, early morning. Wherever the summer takes you, the best part is zero hangover the next day. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use the code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. It's been a couple of weeks, and uh, for our first post-World Series show, we are thrilled to have a special guest with us. You guys know him, you love him, Mike Soroka. What's happening, Mike? Not much, guys. Just uh, trying to enjoy the cold here for a little bit, uh, quick <laughs> off season, and then get back to it. Mike is in. Uh, are you? You're not in Banff, right? You live in Calgary. Yeah, I'm actually in downtown Calgary right now. Yeah. You so you posted some pictures from Banff. Is it? It's Banff, right? That's the way it's pronounced. Banff. You're bang on. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, yeah. Lucky to call it home. I mean, it's only about forty five minutes an hour from here, and and I mean, I can see the mountains from our apartment, and um, yeah, it's something I always took for granted growing up. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. You know, Eric's probably pretty similar. Is you you don't understand kind of where you are until you leave, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I get it now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you 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 showed us that view earlier. You're on a high rise in Calgary, right, apartment? Yep, yeah. My girlfriend works downtown here at a bank, and uh, yeah, so we're uh, yeah just in trying to enjoy it. Like I said, live live life a little bit now, and past couple long rehabs. So yeah, you yeah, having a normal uh, off season? Pretty well. Pretty well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that was the biggest point to calling it at the end of the year was saying, like, look, you know, we could keep pushing and and risk either a shortened off season or again no off season, and we all agreed that that, that wasn't uh, a good plan to to go into twenty three with. So, uh, yeah, a normal off season give me a give me a off season of regular training again is going to be real nice. How yeah. how difficult was that for you? I know how much you put into it, how much you were looking forward to it. You talked to me before, early in the season about wanting, aiming for like August or even July to come back and really give the team a boost, you know, when they were in the dog days. How tough was it for you to to have the little setbacks and then to shut it down? How hard was that for you? Hard. Um, you know, I think I think what made that easier is I think from the start, especially the second time, uh, second time through the Achilles rehab was that, 
And I wasn't going to think of my rehab like some great story. Cause I think once, once you start getting into the mindset of, Oh, this is a huge comeback. This is, I'm yeah. going to do this. I'm going to do that. You right. start, it's, it's more, it's just unneeded pressure and it, it's distracting you from your goals on a daily basis. Right. And I think, you know, getting away from the fantasy of, you know, returning, mm-hmm. having a sub three, you know, yeah. guiding the guys into the playoffs. Like, like you want to entertain those thoughts. That's fun. But, you know, you realize that there's, there's a lot of things out of control. And, um, you know, we were in, you know, we could say this now because this is, you know, it's pretty well, I mean, it is public. I just probably haven't said it. Um, you know, I realized in, I guess June, June, July area, um, kind of coming back into it, I, I realized I was still kind of getting into the Achilles too much when coming off the mound. And I, I could kind of tell that, you know, things weren't going badly, but I could tell that if I didn't fix it now, you know, I might end up paying for it down the line. And, and that wasn't the plan either. So I talked to Alex right away, um, you know, and I said, look, I have a great opportunity to, to go learn exactly what I'm, what I'm doing and, and how to get out of that uh, to give myself longevity, not just this year, not next year, but the rest of my career. Um, you know, there was some pretty glaring issues that I had done, honestly, most of my career and, and uh-huh. kind of got to a point where it, it did bite me in the ass. Right. So um, I went out to see uh, a guy named Bob Kai's out in, out in Salt Lake city. I uh, spent about three, four weeks there learning, you know, exactly where I was going wrong um, and kind of tracing things backwards and, and really looking at, you know, what I could do immediately to change that. Um, and, you know, we got a ton of good work in. I, I honestly think it was the best decision I had made all year. Uh, and it's something that's, it's a, it's a continual process, right? It's not one and done. Um, there's lots of things still to work on, but, um, you know, that was extremely important so that when I took the mound again, uh, what was it, August, you know, I felt confident that, you know, my ankle was never going to be a problem. And it wasn't. Um, now, the only the only part was that obviously we'd, when I kind of ramped it up a little bit, gotten the games, I think we just got to a point where, you know, probably just seeing the fact that I hadn't gotten to train like myself in two plus years, you know, yeah. all, all my focus had been on my ankle and um, you know, guys, we talk about coming back stronger than ever after arm injuries because they've been working on their arm for, right. you know, yeah, 12 plus months. And, and not that I neglected arm care and stuff like that. I just didn't get to do what, yeah. you know, I usually would have or else I, I would have been, you know, I'd have been a slave to my body all day. Right. And, and I think I was for a while and kind of realized, I think it was about spring training when we realized like, all right, I can't, I can't keep doing this or you know, I'm, I'm just going to run into a brick wall come mid season and, you know, I'm going to need to start an off season really early. Um, so we got, we got out there and, and just those little things, right. Little things that added up, got to a point where mechanical things, uh, I mean, just like the, the little things that ended up shutting me down with, you know, this little, little shoulder thing. And, and we took care of that pretty quick and then little yeah. elbow thing. And then it was like, all right, you know what? I think we're, we're, got to look at some signs here and, and say, you got back to pitching. I'm, I'm glad I got out there and got to kind of iron out some kinks because, you know, there was a few things that I definitely missed 
um, coming back and, you know, flipping the switch from rehab to competing was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, I think immediately my first game out wasn't bad because I definitely wasn't thinking. I said, you know what? (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to get. Yeah. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to let it eat. I'm going to play. And it works. And then I'm sitting here like, all right. Struck out everybody. I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then the next game, everything I had, the previous game wasn't there. It was just like, poof, gone. And, you know, that's what happens in spring training. That's what happens lead up to an off season where, you know, you're kind of riding this one and then eventually, you know, you find that flat line and you have more consistency. And so that's kind of what I found in, in, in games as well was that, you know, three innings I'd, I'd have it. And then I'd go out in the fourth and it was like, yeah. Oh, where'd that go? You know? Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. Like, that's what I noticed about your starts. You'd have like one bad inning, you'd be cruising along, and then you'd have one bad inning. Yeah, sure. And and you know we can sit here and say, you know, I could I could put an excuse out there, but you know at the end of the day, those are the little things that you need to remember how to yeah. find consistency for six plus innings. Um, you know, and that's where you know it was frustrating because yeah, I'd go out there and uh, honestly after after a start in Buffalo. Uh, my velo was back up. Everything was in good shape. Um, you know, everything felt felt like me. Aggression was there. And then I went out the next game, and I think you know, struck out the side in the first against Durham. Mm-hmm. And then two innings later, I'm given I've given up three homers on two 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 bad bad pitches. You know what I mean? Like there were pitches that I threw, and I was like, "Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> like that is that was horrible." You know. And so it's it's those little things that I'm glad I got out there. Glad I got that out of the way and can kind of remember how to compete and just go do it come spring training. When did you go visit this guy? Was this after you came on here the first time when you talked to us about, you know, your extensive rehab and why you felt really confident about returning from the Achilles? Was this after that? When did you go? I'm see not him? sure when uh, I saw him. I guess I went out there late June, maybe, and was out there for most of July. Uh-huh. I think was was what happened. So I I already knew we we had talked prior to and and we knew where the problem was and we kind of tried to fix things on our own. It just wasn't it wasn't taking. It, it's really hard to fix things that you know max intent. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's, mechanical things you're talking about. You're correct. getting your yeah, yeah. And, and you know I could explain that. I mean it'll be pretty apparent. When uh-huh. I get back on the mountain, you'd be able to take a side by side and say, "Oh yeah, oh right. holy crap!" Like that back leg is significantly different now, um, and all for good things, you know. Uh, I think the best part about Bob is is you know I'm going to be tooting his horn here a little bit, and I know guys have talked about him previously. His his big one, obviously, he worked with uh, uh, Trevor Bauer back in started in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was able to kind of show Trevor what he was where it was going wrong. And the reason was because Bob's compiled uh, about 35 years of data, starting with Nolan Ryan back in, you know, wow. last five years of his career. Uh-huh. Uh, so when Tom house worked with 3d biokinetics, that was Bob. Uh-huh. Um, and with Tom so, house. Yeah. And, and they kind of started together and then, and then Bob worked with the Mets for a number of years in the nineties with Tom Seaver. Um, and it is honestly quite comical how many things are very common among the best that have ever done it. 
You know, I, I think when when I watch videos side by side of of Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox, they look very different. But when you when you dial it back and you look at the simple things that they do, it's almost identical, uh-huh. and it's, it's right. hilarious. And, and his whole database is basically compiled off of guys that threw ninety five plus for ten plus years of their career. Um, and his first thing is longevity, performance usually ends up following. Um, and you know, it's a process, right? It's, he's not guaranteeing early results. This is no, no weighted ball program. It's not, you know, looking for those early results. It's a process. And, um, I think that's kind of what drew me to him too, is that he said, look like you're going to have to put in the work to change something. This isn't, yeah. this isn't going to be easy. Uh, you got to get it done this way and keep at it. And you felt like you were putting too much stress on your repaired Achilles that in the long run, it would not, it would not be good. Is that what you were doing or you're favoring it too much or what were you doing that you thought he needed to fix? So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I really don't have a problem talking about this because I think anybody can go back and look at video. And and I think right about, I think I always did a little bit, but right about 2018. So the year I got called up, Mm -hmm. I really started falling towards the third base side. So almost mm-hmm. like, almost like the third base batters circle um, and really kind of falling over those toes and yeah. out of my hip, I was, oh. I was pushing basically out of the ball of my foot from the get go uh-huh. and then twisting on it. Uh-huh. And it's actually quite common now because of the way that, you know, and it's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not talking about strength conditioning because strength conditioning has been a very, very, very large part of my success. There's no doubt about that. But when we learn how to push, we learn how to push with our, you know, our big muscles, you like quads. So you end up feeling powerful in a quad push position. And a a ton of guys are getting into that um, Mm -hmm. more so than ever. And um, while I was actually seeing Bob, there was, numerous other guys that he'd actually dealt with with back Achilles issues. Only a couple of the couple that actually ended up rupturing lots of guys in the minor leagues, uh, surprisingly. So for, for me, this was, you know, people kind of said, Oh, it's a freak injury, a pitcher. Why would a mm-hmm. pitcher do that? And then you kind of look back at the things that I was doing for years. And that's uh-huh. why I said like, you know, it had, it had been sore for quite a long time on and off for years before it finally ruptured. Ah. And that's where it was like, holy crap. You know, not only yeah. not only was I putting too much stress on it, but I was basically taking out lower half involvement from anything in the game or kinetic chain to the baseball. So that that was kind of the crazy part for me, too, is like learning that I cornered myself into throwing at a disadvantage for years most likely to be able to manipulate the ball and see the ball move yep was kind of tough to grasp um you know but already seeing some things on the way back when things connected and things are like okay i felt that that felt awesome and now i finally you know can see some things that i'm doing similar to some other guys you know there's tons of guys in major league baseball that do it really well right now but for some reason, you know, I went the other way um, and it, it worked because I managed to manipulate uh-huh. the ball, like I said earlier, and, and make it move. So myself included, nobody was going to change that. 
And I, right. I, if right. you if you had told me in 2019 you need to change that. I would have told you to have off because yeah. why would you change anything when you were thrown like the right? Even if it was sore, correct. it wasn't too sore to pitch. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I never. Yeah, exactly. And and that's where, you know, in this game, especially at the big league level, results matter. Yeah. yeah. So, I think you know I kept just kept going in that certain direction, and you know if I if I hadn't have taken that bad step off the mound, maybe it never would have ruptured. But yeah. you know. It could have very easily could have ruptured doing box jumps or med ball right. throws. And right. that would have been a whole other mess. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So as a result, do you feel like even though it's taken longer to get back because you're learning a different delivery uh, in, a, in a way too, over the long run, you think this is going to be beneficial and you think you could still have a long career because of this? Has this helped your confidence about your long-term prospects? Yeah, immensely. And honestly, even what's even helped even more is talking to guys like Charlie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Charlie made it pretty apparent to me this was probably earlier this year i think is, is he said that he felt like he struggled for about 10 years to throw without hurting <laughs> and he said he said honestly it, it took me a long time to kind of figure some things out and then once i did that's when kind of the performance side started to fall into place he always had good stuff like yeah you could talk to people who watched him when he was at the braves in the minor league oh, right you know he's got great stuff, right? It was just like, just things were, little things were missing. And and that's kind of where he said, look, like the first chunk of your career, you need to keep searching for those things and keep learning. And, and you know, in a way, I, I feel like I could end up looking back on this as, you know, a small blessing in disguise because if I never learned this, maybe I would have dealt with a bigger issue. Maybe I would have dealt with a, you know, a large shoulder issue, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had small stuff here and there, but mm-hmm. you know, once, once you blow, you know, your rotator cuff, it's, it's a different, it's a different story coming back. Right. And yeah. Um, it, it, so you, you never know, but talking to the older guys and, and, you know, seeing some guys that have changed some stuff in their career. Um, it's, it's definitely very encouraging. So um, so you, first you things should, first, though, is, is get one solid year, and then we'll worry about that. Right, right. So you shut it down at the end of, I think it was September 23rd, something like that, elbow inflammation. But that's a relatively minor thing. I mean, you feel good. And, you, and like Eric said, you're having a normal offseason. Is that fair to say now for the first time in a long time? Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and like we said, had it been, you know, earlier in the season, it would have been, you know, a fairly short shutdown to reprogram and then get right. back to it. But right. um, yeah, it just wasn't worth it, but um, everything kind of started to get better pretty quick. So um, and it's just from ramping like up the thing, right? The elbow just, yeah. Little things like I said, right. and, and probably is, is getting back to it. And again, not having really paid full attention to my arm for a yeah. couple of years um, was probably more than anything. And now this off season, I can train like an athlete and, you know, do arm care like a maniac every, every couple of days. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I, going I, with those different, um, you're talking about kind of load, like a different shin angle, right. And how you were loading and, and direction. Were you throwing when you made your, your second, uh, comeback, were you throwing with those mechanics when your arm started kind of bothering you? Um, yes and no. I kind of started to fall back into old habits and that's you're where, yeah, it's, it's very tough. Um, you know, but here and there, when I felt like things were going really well, I was much better, you know, there's still, and, and like I said, the, the shin angle has a, has a part to it, but it's, it's the whole motion. Right. And that's like, you know, we don't love to teach just positions because what's happening when you're moving down the mound, you know, you need to be rotating and, and right. I, I say that the, the easiest way to explain what I was doing was that my lower half was basically going to third base side and, back. and my upper ha- my upper half was going to the first base side uh-huh. and it has to be flipped. Right. You watch you watch any of the hardest healthiest throwers their lower half basically is drifting towards the left-handed batter's box righties I would say and their upper half is closing off as they're throwing. You look at Darvish some of the positions that he gets to um, some of those guys and it's not necessarily completely about shin angle it was that I was basically taking my weight the wrong way direction. And then at the, at the end had to turn it back around to throw, you know, right. straight. I did that same um, thing, chasing sink. Yep. And I, I think it's very common among thinker guys. Cause you want to get, mm-hmm. you know, over and across the baseball to see it do this. Um, but the, the nice part was, and that's why I said like, you know, that outing in Rome, I still said like when I'd done things right, the sinker was still really good, if not, you know, a bit better. And that's when it was like, or, or let's say, let's say it was at its best. You know, I could see it when it was going dead straight the whole time it held the zone until 55 feet and then gone. And, you know, I wasn't used to, and I understand they were high hitters. I get it. But at no point in my minor league career was I able to consistently get a swing and miss on that pitch. Cause it's not, you're not typically trying to. Right. And, but that's where, you know, when thrown properly, I was like, okay, I don't need to see the ball go up and then back down. That's, that's not the good one. Um, so difficult, but like I said, it's, it's a process and it, it doesn't mean that I'm going to have things figured out by February 10th. You know, this could be, you know, process over years. And right. that's kind of where it took Bauer too. It's, he was, he was actually the opposite. He was flying way open. Um, you know, it, it took him time, but you can watch, you can go back and look at his mechanics from 2016 to current and see, holy crap. Like uh-huh. I, I see it. I see it now. I get it. 
So well, how would you how what would you say to those who've uh, who saw you you know have this latest setback and that made them think? See, I, I was worried. I, he's never going to be what he was. In your mind, you're thinking now they don't understand all the things I've the changes I've made. In your mind, you think you can be a different and really effective pitcher. The same, I mean, do you reach your full potential over a more sustained period? Is that fair to say? I do. You know, like I said again, though, from earlier earlier on this podcast, was that. You know, uh, I got to put my head down and work. Yeah, you know, yeah. talk about not, it. Just it's it's not, you know, something. Yeah, I can fantasize about it. Pitching as a thirty nine year old, just like right. you know, Justin Verlander is. That's, yeah, that's obviously the dream. Um, but that's a long ways away, and and there's there's work that I got to do today and tomorrow to be able to kind of you know follow that path, and it, it is just doing this right it's, it's kind of just that steady gain and keep going i, I think that's uh, that's the position that i'm very very lucky to be in is to be with a club that believes in that also mm-hmm. you know they we all kind of understand that you know this could be a great opportunity to kind of just learn a little bit keep getting better um but again, it's and I, I've talked about this with my pitching coach at home here, Chris Reesbaum. Mm-hmm. I pitched for the Braves a long time. Yeah. I love Reesbaum. Yeah. There you go. So he, you your guy there, huh? Yeah, tell him hi so for we, me next time you see him. We, I will, I will. He's, he's. We went back all the way to high school videos, and I did things a lot better with my lower half in high school than I did, you know, once I started to get through pro ball and and you know again results were there so nobody was going to change things but this was something that happened in me to be able to again make the ball move and um you know we started kind of being able to look and and understand okay this is this is where i went wrong what did i what did i start to try and do and and, um again it's just it's a long process but yes uh i think i never Never really worried about mechanics in my career. I honestly was the kind of guy that said, you know, that's a big reason why a lot of guys don't succeed is because they're stuck. Oh yeah, learning learning mechanics, and because you, I mean, you could keep going with it, and it it never ends. There's always you know the most. Yeah, you can strike out the side and be like, oh, my back foot's coming up early. We just struck out the side. Exactly. So, and that's that's where like even the best of the best. I think the most efficient score that Bob has ever seen was Nolan Ryan's 73 out of 80, you know, and, and that's where arguably the best thrower of all time still had some things that he didn't do quite perfectly. And that's where you got to be careful that you're not chasing perfection here. You know, you chase the things that are glaring issues and then it's like, okay, let's compete. What's the problem? Let's compete. Let's kind of go back when we need to. But uh, again, I, I would have told somebody that wanted to change my mechanics in double A, triple A, big leagues. I would have said no chance, man. Yeah, I would have said no, not happening. Um, and you know, it it would have taken an injury for me to kind of look at that and say, okay, I do need change. But um, you know, there's little things that whether guys do naturally or whether they actually got a chance to learn in high school and college and early in pro ball 
Um, with the technology that's out right now, I know a lot of guys in college were able to learn about some of these things that I did wrong. They learned how to do yeah. it right. And these pitching uh, labs and all that. Early on, yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I'm absolutely not salty from the fact that I got to be pitching up through the minor leagues through my teenage years. Yeah. Right. You know, it's an incredible opportunity. And that's why I'm sitting here and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm 25 years old and getting a chance to learn all this now with big league experience. It's, I'm still in a decent place. So what, what, um, what was, what was hurting when you decide or aching or whatever that made you decide to go pursue this, you know, in the middle of the season last year or in June or whatever it was, you said, what was, was there anything in particular? Was your Achilles sore at all? Or were you, Cause you said you were getting into it too much. What was the thing? Yeah, that a little bit. A li- I mean, a, a little bit. I noticed, you know, cap started tightening up again after I pitched, um, you know, it was just, going down the road that I'd been down and I said, no, we're not doing this. Not again, you know? man. Yeah. And I, I, initially, initially I said, initially I, you know, I said, we'll, we'll wait for the off season to do this, but everybody agreed that once we got on the call, this was what we needed to do. And yeah, you know, Alex to his credit was extremely supportive of this and, and said, look, like if this is what you truly believe you need to do to make your career better, do it. That's, that's what I want. I want you back and I want you good. I don't want you to come back and, you know, pull the plug because things aren't, aren't going so well. So. And that um, was, uh, that was after you went down to Florida, right? Initially. Cause was that when we were waiting you for you to start throwing in games? Cause we're like going, okay, he's been down there for like a month. What's going on? Was that, that was yeah. that, that time, right? Yes. That's yes. That was that time. So they were very clear um, about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I did get hit by the knee. On a yeah, comebacker. That, yeah, that sucked. That was <laughs> unbelievable. The last pitch too. It was like, yeah. you know, he knew I was throwing a fastball. I left it a little far over the plate, and it came right back at me on the inside of the knee. And so that definitely sucked. But I mean, that didn't definitely take me out for a month. Right. You but that's kind of what then. we said. All right. You know what? That's. It's a sign. I got to go fix this. Let's go. Who hit you with a comebacker, by the way? Uh, this sounds bad. I do not remember his name. I was going to uh, say, is he out of the organization? <laughs> ex- extended player. Yeah. Yeah. Number 117. Yeah. So, so yeah. hey, man, what, what it, you've obviously got a good gym where you throw with, with Chris up there or where you work out because it's 25 degrees outside, right? I mean, you're not, oh, you're not out. 25. Huh? It's, it's minus 25. Is yeah, really? no, we uh, uh, Celsius. So I mean, it's like minus ten, fifteen Fahrenheit. Wow. So yeah. But anyways, we uh, he's actually got um, a he's heading a program, uh, the Weber Wildcats. Um, Neil Weber, um, tons of things in Calgary. Mainly, you know, at the end, he's a, he has a private school, and his grandson loves baseball. And he said, "All right, I'll, I'll build a baseball academy." <laughs> So um, they're building a, just a massive facility just, just west of the city, um, like 50,000 square foot, full gym, wow. uh, full turf, infield, I don't know, 60, 70 foot high ceiling. So, um, yeah, it'll be an incredible place to work out at. Um, I think it'll be ready about this week. So, um, so that's where yeah, you start it's, it's, it's exciting. When will you start yep. throwing again? Hopefully, yeah, pretty soon here. Um, uh-huh. Probably the next. Hopefully in the next week or two, like I said, trying to get, get ahead of some things with arm care and, um, we'll see, uh, we'll see what gives, but, um, you know, done lots of dry work with mechanical stuff and now it's time to slowly 
let that let that bleed into my uh, actual throwing. So it's an exciting time. You must have been thrilled when the Braves re-signed uh, Charlie. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we always said like, and and this is what we all wonder because obviously you know he's a family, um, three three kids, um, you know, and he obviously spends quite a bit of time going back and forth to Tampa during the season to visit them when mm-hmm. you know they're back in school, but. Um, you know, we always said if the, the longer we can keep Charlie around, the better. I mean, he's every year. I know people were watching him at the beginning of the year. And again, that's the same sort of thing is that, you know, he rehabbed through the off season, yeah. you know, came into spring training and didn't quite get the full spring training to iron out those kinks. And, you know, it took him, took him a little bit, but yeah, we all know it's still there. Right. And we still saw him in spring training. He's sitting 97 on a backfield yeah. with nobody watching. Right. And it's like, I don't think he believed it actually when we told him it was like Charlie was sitting ninety seven. He's like, no, yeah, no. I mean, because he's just, you know, he's the nicest guy. He's got some of the best perspective and, um, you know, advice in baseball. I think you know he's been he's been through it all. Um, so he was one of the one of the guiding voices for me when I re ruptured. You know, a second time, he, you know, just had the best words and he said it's going to be okay. Yeah, that was it. You know, that's that's the best thing I could have heard at the time, and um, yeah, we're we're excited to have him back. And, yeah, he had a stretch uh, there, man. I mean, because the end numbers weren't quite up to his normal, but he had a stretch of like eighteen starts. I looked at it where he was every bit as good as he's ever been. Yeah. You know, after Absolutely. that slow start, and then he had a couple of bad ones at the end. But yeah, he was uh, yeah. very he's effective still, for still. more than half season when the when the Braves were chasing down the Mets. He was damn good. Yeah, he's still punching out over yeah. 200 guys in a season that's yeah. like yeah it's it's still there and that's where you know i think people are quick to kind of pull a trigger and and say no that's it you know it's just because right. his age is there it's gone it's never coming back but every year you when you're look, old, they're gonna say that yeah i think honestly every every year for a lot of people in general and, and that's yep. something i prepared myself for as well once people said you know there was flashes, and if they'd watched the games, it probably would have been a different story. But you see the lines, and they would have, yeah. you know, I was very prepared to hear that. Oh, that's it. Done. my best days. My best days are behind me. But yeah, there's no. You're yeah. 25. You're gonna be fine, guys. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. You like that? You like that? Uh, the possibilities of of joining a rotation that's got, I mean, Freed, Kyle Wright, the dude named Spencer Strider's pretty good, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Charlie. I mean, that's a pretty good four to start with. Oh yeah, I mean he so. I mean, those guys, especially Kyle, you know, we all knew it was in there. Uh, he's one of those guys where it was just a matter of something clicking, and it did finally, right? It's kind of yeah. like, I know that's probably a, a GM's worst nightmare is, is seeing a guy like that and eventually, you know, maybe he doesn't figure out while he's with you, but then right. a year or two later, he's on second or third team, and then, yeah. you yeah. know, bingo, and then he's a Cy Young candidate. Um you know, you see examples of that throughout the league over and over and over again with guys that, you know, just kind of rode this wave for years. And then eventually, you know, Jake Arietta, I think is probably the best example of that when it was, it was like this, you know, he had glimpses of it. And then all of a sudden he's putting up a, whatever it was, a one six ERA that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Cole did it too. You know, I mean, he was yeah. good with Pittsburgh, but then he, he shit-canned that sinker or two-seamer, and all of a sudden he was just unhittable. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's a couple things that he probably did, um, you know, over the over a couple of years. You know, again, it's yeah. not an immediate formula, but, um, yeah, I think there's there's lots of examples to know that if I just keep going, things are, things are going to work themselves out, and I believe I'm on the right path, and because I just – keep putting one foot in front of the other uh, how much uh you took you you alluded to this earlier but how uh there must be quite a bond between you and alex and the team and other all the others on the team that you've worked with i mean you've you've done so much work with these people over the last couple of years does it feel like you know you're you're you know you're such an integral part of things with them even though you're not been on the field does, does it feel like you know you the braves are your family in a way that you, you spend so much time with them yeah, they're they're absolutely, you know, behind me every step of the way, and I, I think I realize I'm extremely fortunate to kind of have that, um, and that's where, you know, getting back to it, I, I think you almost feel I don't want to say added pressure because it's it is a privilege to have everybody behind you, but you know you want to get back out there for everybody else too. Yeah, you don't um, want to let them down. There's, right. There's a there's a lot of people that you know have aided in me getting back to just where I am today. Forget about where I'm going to be a year or two from now. Um, you know, there's, there's so many people in that list, a lot with the Braves organization, a lot outside that I've, I've been to, um, obviously my staff in green Bay, um, you know, Evo in Phoenix. I got, I got a bunch of people and obviously Bob in Salt Lake city. There's, there's a lot of people outside of it, but the Braves in particular, um, have absolutely supported me every step of the way. And, um, yeah, it does mean it does mean extra, and that's why, you know, I hope I do get to figure it out for them. I kept thinking about you this year when the, when the other guy that had two Achilles ruptures finally put it together with the White Sox. He had some good moments this year. 
pretty good season. Yeah, yeah, and he and he can move too. And he's that a load, man. He's put a lot of pressure on that Achilles. Yeah, and then that that was the best part for me. And then he actually rehabbed with the same staff that I rehabbed with with Green Bay. Um, and uh, seeing him run around the bases like he does, and, and he moves like an yeah. above average runner. Yeah. And seeing that, I was like, all right, just keep going. Just keep doing your calf raises. He's a big guy. Just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been able to, uh, you're able to run enough to, you feel like that's coming along too? I mean, that that's probably getting better and better, right? As you get yep. further and further into the same running. Yeah, I think every, everybody says even after one Achilles is usually between 12 to 18 months before they start to really kind of get past a lot of it and say, okay. You know, I felt good, but now it's starting to kind of fall into place. And I think I'm finding that more than ever in these last, you know, couple of months. And um, I guess a training like a normal athlete again, being able to jump every every day and not worrying about how many reps I'm doing. Um, eventually get back to sprinting here in, you know, a couple months because, you know, it's November. But um, I think the funniest part, and um, I don't know if, you know, Eric, you found that with injuries too, but typically if i'm if i'm running and i i just you know let's say this is two three months ago if i line up cones and go for a run and i analyze video i can i can still pick out some small yeah. things that i that i'm doing and i'm just like okay you know i can clean that up but the funny part is is when there's a ground ball hit over and i gotta i gotta cover first yeah. that's the best i ran i've ran almost maybe ever honestly i watched a couple of videos i'm like damn i'm, I'm cooking yeah, you know, that's, down in Florida. That's better. Uh, no, I mean in in rehab games in AAA. Ah. That is a know, huge difference of like, like trying to run right versus just doing it. You know, not thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, and I think that's the toughest part. Is just like eventually just turning it off and saying, "Okay, just just go, just let it happen." Right? Yeah. Just go, just run. Um, so I think uh, yeah, there's little things like that. But uh, I guess come spring training, I will be. Yeah, I guess I'll be about 18, 18, 19 months, somewhere in there, second. out from my second one. And I mean, tissue remodels, you know, especially a big tendon like that is going to remodel for up to about two years post-surgery. Um, so I know it's it's nice to know that it's going to keep even, you know, getting better too, if I just keep up with it, you know, seeing that. So I guess I just keep doing the calf raises and we'll be in a good place. Yeah, that It'll feel good, you know, not having a trainer follow you around, just, you know, going out and doing your PFPs or playing your catch and not looking over your shoulder and seeing somebody monitoring it or, or, or worrying about it yourself. That's going to feel really good. Just being one of the guys again. Yeah. I think that was one of the better parts. And obviously again, love the support that the staff has given me, but absolutely being able to be treated just like an yeah. athlete again mm-hmm. was, was extremely good. And I honestly, it was almost a switch that got flipped right as soon as I was off rehab assignment and I said, all right, you know, just go play. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a conversation with Alex Snit and Cranny was like, you know what, this is what we got to do. You need innings. I realized I need innings. Let's go get it. And that was kind of when it was able to just flip and say, all right, he knows what he needs to do. He wants to run between outings. He wants to jump, you know, he know he knows. So that was the nice part of it saying, okay, you know, I got this guy. We're good. Yeah. Hey, did you play with Grissom and, uh, and Harris? I forgot. Grissom at all? No, 
I never stopped in uh, I never stopped in Mississippi. I faced Harris quite a bit, uh, actually in twenty one spring training. Um, yeah, uh, but no, I, I no, I know I missed both of them because I went Rome right to Gwinnett. But it's gonna be an exciting duo to watch. Yeah, how about having two of the three finalists for Rookie of the Year? Braves are pretty set for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it was kind of funny coming down to it because we'd always have conversations of who's going to win it. You know, obviously, I'm I'm partial to pitching. Right. Uh, and, and what Spencer did. But, um, you know, both of those two, it, it was it was pretty awesome to watch. And I, I think, you know, obviously, with the contracts that they've signed for for a period of time, too. Um, again, that, that core, that core that we have locked up for a while just kind of keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, so I said, like we, eight guys, man. we, we really don't have an excuse not to be one of the best teams in the league for the next decade, to be honest with you. Do you is it hard to never go? Woe is me. I mean, that, that this happened to you before they get a GM in there that's given out all these extensions and all that. Cause you would have been a guy that would have been right there in his wheelhouse to get one of those long-term deals. After that season you had in nineteen, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, like it's it's something in baseball that you know we talk about a ton. I'm sure it was no different, Eric, when you played, and, and especially with where we're at, it's like you know you see the contracts in free agency, and it's kind of it's kind of tough to think about you know a, a early extension. Um, you know, but at the same time, when it, it meets up and they have a ability to kind of secure themselves, I think it's, it's a great plan. Um, I mean, yeah, I think initially, maybe a couple of years ago, honestly, it's, it's like, oh, you know, could have done that. But at the same time, like, you know, Dansby is in the same boat. Right. Max, right. you know, Max. They've, they've both passed that point to where, you know, that, that early extension wasn't a thing. and. Yeah, I think I think it's all going to work out okay. Um, again, I've got a lot of a lot of work I need to do, but you know, there's a very good chance, you know, if, if I can be out there and compete in the big leagues for another two years, that I'd be a 27 year old free agent. So yeah, how about that? Um, you know, it's crazy. We forget how young you were when you debuted, man. Yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> and that 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 is definitely the toughest thing, kind of to to put aside the woe is me is to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed two plus years of, you know, my early 20s. But again, you know, I was very lucky to be in the big leagues as a 20 year old and have a team that pushed me there. To be honest with you, there's a lot of teams that it wouldn't matter what kind of stats I was putting up in the minor leagues. I was I was going to be down there for another couple of years. So um, things could be very, very different. And again, looking at some of the guys that are still at the top of their career in their mid to upper thirties. Yeah. Um, I think is, is probably the best thing for me to look at and uh, realize it's a long game and um, just keep going. Yeah. People forget you were the youngest uh, opening day starter in the Braves modern era. And that's okay. That's yeah. See, that's, that's, and that's, that's okay. I think that's where, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a part of your story. I think, yeah, we forget too that a lot of the guys you're seeing had large struggles at some other points in their career, and it might not have been in the big leagues to where they didn't have the media coverage that yeah. my two injuries would have had. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys 
Um, I'm trying to think of examples, you know, some guys that really struggled for some, some years. I mean, Carlos Rodon is one that comes to mind. You know, he was, I, I remember when he got drafted, it was one of those guys. He's going to be very quick to the big leagues. He's going to yeah. be immediate stud. And, and he struggled with some injuries. I, I think, you know, a couple of not so good ones either, but, you know, kept with it, kept going, yep. figured it out. And now you're looking at, you know, one of the best starters in baseball. And, um, Max you know, missed the, a couple the of years. The TJ, Max the, missed almost two full seasons. Yeah, as, as a 19, 20 or 20, 21 year old, you know, right. he, he's, you know, absolutely in that boat as well to where, you know, their struggles might not have been as public because it was in the minor leagues or even college. You know, Spencer Spencer went through Tommy John. He learned a lot of stuff during that process that right. I'm sure he contributes to his success today. So Yeah, he was um, he would tell you that if not for the Tommy John, he wouldn't be the pitcher he is today with all the stuff he did during his rehab. Absolutely. All right, Mike, man, we really appreciate it, dude. Good thanks for updating us on everything and uh good luck the rest of the winter. Okay. We'll see you down at uh Northport. Enjoy your Absolutely. offseason, Mike. Uh, wow, that was good. That was good stuff, man. I didn't know. I didn't. We were so kept in the dark about what was going on during that period where he went to Florida and he was down there for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And we're like going, okay, when does he start throwing in games? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff that he was saying made sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of had the same habit of, I almost felt like the longer I could keep my front shoulder in and stay in this certain lane where I was kind of closed off, the more sync I'd get. Uh-huh. And initially when you start doing it, it, it works really well because you're, you're not taking it too far, but you be, you fall in love with the correction uh-huh. and then you, you know, you have a bad game and you'll just close that shoulder off a little more, a little more. And slowly your direction is just straight here. And really in a pitching motion, it's like you said, you want your lower half working for right. me, uh, a lefty, you want it working toward third base and then your arm following it. And I started throwing that sinker in 2011 a lot. My best year fell in love with it. And my arm just fell off a cliff because I started chasing that adjustment to the point where my arm slot even started creeping up and everything just became unnatural. Um, But what he's saying makes a lot of sense. Uh, And I looked at his, I looked at some of his video while we were talking and that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. I could see it in there. I could see his, 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 weight shifting toward third base and falling toward third base. And then you got to cheat and catch up. Um, but yeah, it, it made a lot of sense what he's saying. And the the beauty of it for him is that he's got a chance to really iron that out and, yeah. and learn that and repeat it and build the muscle memory where it can be a long-term change for him versus like he said, when you're out competing, yeah, I'm not changing anything yeah. if I'm getting out. So yeah. okay, it really I'm could. Succeed, man. Yeah, I'm not. Any pitching coach comes to you and you got an ERA at one seven, you're like, yeah, don't talk to me. Yeah, I'm I don't want to get a contract. Think. I'm trying to, yeah, fight. yeah, be, compete against these guys. I'm not going to make changes in the middle of my first no, season. There's no time to mess around. So I mean, it could be something that turns into a long term blessing for him. Yeah, my takeaway from it was we all assumed just watching him, it looked like he had great mechanics. He's talking about little things, yeah. But I thought that was kind of a revelation. Him talking about how it was actually sore for a long time, yeah. Because he never mentioned that when it happened. Yeah, but that made more sense than when it happened. We're all going, okay, that doesn't happen to guys. It just right. snapped. But now that he says, you know, it was sore a long time, that then it was probably compromised. You know, he just kept going because he was succeeding. 
Yep. And what he said about the the weight training too, allowing him to to use his quad to you're kind of substituting your quad for your glute. So you're going to you're going to make your body so strong that you can afford to get up on that toe Uh and and not lose any velocity or, or, or power with it. But you're still not using your body the way you would naturally use it once you start building strength in areas that you're not kind of naturally strong. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff he was saying was really resonating with me. Well, he's had so much time and he's such a smart guy that he's had yep. so much time to get deep, deep, deep into this thing. And that was, I, I mean, obviously he picked the right guy to go see. I mean, I, I, that's crazy. I didn't know that he'd work with them, all those guys he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that was why I asked him too, you know, when his arms started hurting. Because I think anytime you change things with your lower half or right. even how you've used your arm for the, you know, if you've been doing that for three, four, five yeah. years, he's talking about going back to high school. So yeah. seven years, eight years ago, um, those changes, anytime you tweak anything, it's like, now you're using your arm a little different. Now you're, now you're, you're, your forearms in a different position, your shoulders in a little different position. And there's just kind of some growing pains with making those long-term changes. I mean, you could see where you could see where, Obviously, you don't wish that on anybody going through what he's gone through. But, I mean, there's a chance we might look back 10, 12 years from now and gone, if he'd never fixed any of this stuff, he might have had a great career until that Achilles blew out five years into it instead of a year and a half, two years yep. into it, where he had to really force to change everything when it blew out again. And he might have more longevity as, a, you know, maybe not the same type pitcher he was, yeah. but a guy that can do it for a lot longer period. Because that's obvious now he was not going to be able to sustain what he was doing with the thing sore, you know, and he's just pitching yeah. through it. Well, and like he said, you know, I mean, he 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 could have wound up having those things he was doing wrong could have led to a major shoulder injury. Right. And I know, you know, Achilles is not a small thing. Right. But when you're talking about your shoulder and you're a thrower. Yeah you tear your capsule or rotator cuff, you know, a lot of guys don't come back from that. Right. Even even for me personally, once I started really chasing sync, I'd never had shoulder trouble in my life until I came back from Tommy John and was still trying to make the ball sink. And being in the position I'm in now where I haven't thrown for three or four years, yeah. every time I do go throw, my mechanics are right back to how I threw in my prime when I was at my best. They're, they're perfect. But it takes it takes that amount of time off to kind of reset it and and get back to what you normally do. Um, yeah. So, like for him, if he would have you know kept chasing that sink and, and kept throwing the way he was throwing, he yeah. could, it could have led to a a major injury. So for him, if he's confident that his Achilles is stable and sound now, I mean it it could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I mean if he's not putting the same kind of pressure on it, then you know that eliminates that all of us kind of speculating that he was predisposed to it and that there's something wrong with his body that right. doesn't allow him to, that would explain it a lot better than us trying to wonder why I got did this twice. Yeah. Well, the second one. I well, think the, I mean, the first one didn't take. Right. The right? second one so, was because the first one didn't take. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, it just could have been a, you know, a result of his mechanical changes he was making and now he gets it. He, you, the time off to reset it because you can't reset it while you're competing. Right. So it could, I mean, it could turn into a really good thing for him. Well, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't, I don't think I, at least we're not going to have to worry every time he throws a pitch, like cringe across your fingers when he's on the mound. I think he's kind of past that. Yeah. You yeah. It's the worst thing. You, you don't ever want that following you around. And I, right. I think as a player too, you know, 
it seems like he's shaking it when he's talking about he can jump whenever. Yeah, he when wants. he's talking about jumping, I'm going, yeah. whoa, geez, I don't know if I'd ever jump. Again. Yeah, no, it makes you nervous because <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. you're kind of you falling into that same mindset of you, let's not hurt this thing. Yeah, but it, it's the the biggest deal is as an athlete, you have to shake that yourself, and you're kind of it's those things are in the back of your head, and then you just get to a point one day where you know, for me, it was my elbow. I went to throw and it didn't hurt anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was two years after I retired, right. but. You know, it's it's kind of like you get to that point, and then once you're confident in that joint or tendon or whatever it is, um, you can finally just move natural and move forward. And it seems like he's there, you know, with with the Achilles. Yeah. All right. Well, we got we got GM meetings going on right now. It's been kind of a dead period, doing a lot of talking, not deals yet. But uh, tomorrow, stuff's going to start happening because tomorrow, Thursday, is the day five days after the World Series when. Teams have to teams and players have to decide on options. Brady's only got one guy in that position, Odorizzi, and it's a player option, so he's got to decide. Uh, most of the guys that have player options decided right away because they knew they weren't going to. They were either going to pick them up or not. Yeah, his is kind of an unusual case because he had a bad season when after the trade, especially. So he's got a way, you know, you're not supposed to negotiate with other teams, but his agent yeah. obviously has got to be talking to teams, going, well, theoretically, you know. And figure out is there someone that's going to give him? He had a six point two five million dollar buyout, which is huge because of the incentives. If Double he declines hit. it, he gets the buyout. Right. Got it. And a twelve point five million dollar option. Both of those things doubled because he hit the incentives, which were pretty easy to hit. It was just a number of starts. It was just a matter of staying healthy over two years, relatively healthy over a two year stretch. So, in his head. The Braves, when they traded for him, figured, well, he's going to decline it. We're going to pay the buyout because they said, well, if he doesn't, we, we'd be glad to pay him 12.5 because, you know, especially at the time of the trade, he's a guy worth more than 12.5. Now, he didn't right. pitch well with the Braves at all. He had a couple of really good starts, but for the most part. So he's got he's to know that there's a team out there willing to give him, say, $7 because yeah. then all of a sudden between the buyout and the $7 million, he's going to get 13 Makes an extra mil. yeah. Right, so – you know, I guess if if he's not confident there's a team out there that'll do it, then they'll go ahead and say, no, nah, I'll take the option. Let's do I'm, it. I'm picking that thing up if I'm him. Yeah, it's it's crazy how fast your stock can fall, you know, right. with, with just a few bad months with a team. Or, or, I, I couldn't believe that I couldn't even get a major league deal after 2015. I know I had a bad year and I was terrible with the Mets, but I was coming off a stretch where that was my first bad season however yeah. long, and it was just crickets. I had to go try to throw a showcase just to get teams to sign me to a minor yeah. league deal. You know, if I'm in his position, I pick it up. Right. Unless a team, you know, unless a guy texts his agent and says, uh, $8 million. Yeah. Or somebody this- says, you know, we'll give you two years for right. something, and then you can add an extra year of security and right. take take pressure off this next season. And it's got to buy out or blah, 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 something creative. So, yeah, yeah if he could get some security, I'm sure he'll do it. So I, I think agents definitely – you know, whether it's they're supposed to or not, you're having conversations with teams. Sure. You're going to float his name and be like, we get some guaranteed money for this guy. Are you have any interest? Absolutely. You know, they've been gauging it for a little bit. Cause if you're an agent, you're not going to report a team that's telling you, Hey, we'll give you 8 million for your guy. Just so you no. know, you're not going to report him. You're no. going to say, cool. Then we're yeah. going to turn down the option. Yeah. Cause then the team's going to know if we don't give him that, <laughs> then he's going to say, Hey, talk to you. Know. Hey, they were, <laughs> they were, well, they, they both be kind of creating right. themselves. Right. I was just got a text. I didn't know nothing about it. He just yeah. texted me out of the blue. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I still think there's going to be some team willing to give him 
I mean, because for another team, it's only seven or eight million dollars. Yeah. And I know he wasn't good with the Braves, but still, if you look at his body of work, that's a they're not a lot for a veteran starting pitcher that can give you 150 innings, eight million ain't much. Yeah, yeah, and you see those deals a lot. So I would still anticipate he's gonna get take the buyout. The Braves are gonna pay him six two five, but we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. And then the Dansby thing, the Braves are gonna uh make him, you know, the qualifying offer. He'll turn it down and uh then we'll go from there. I still, th- I still think I there's think. at least there's a pretty good chance that the Braves are going to yeah. resign him. I still, he just makes the most sense. Uh, I really like. I mean, the four the four shortstops you can't go wrong with any of them, but two of them are out of the Braves' price range for where they've yeah. put themselves up. Now, I think what people don't understand is, and somebody laid it out. Well, I think it was on Fangrass where they you'd got to take the average annual value of all these extensions. Yeah. That's what's used for luxury tax purposes. So even while the Braves outlay is not much right now, their commitment for, for next year is not it's not much. And you think, oh, they could fit, you know, Trey Turner and a max extension at max free extension in there. No, they not without paying a big luxury tax because right. those average annual value of those deals is a lot higher than what they're gonna pay those guys. Next year, yeah, I got to take the average. So that's how that's figured. So, and I think a lot of people also ran with when McGurk uh, told, I think it was the AJC, he said, Yeah, he told the AJC that he wants to have a, his goal is to have a top five payroll. He yeah. didn't say next season, right? But he wants to have a top five payroll. That might yeah. be a year or two from now. If that's where they want to get to. So, but a lot of people ran with that and started looking at what the top five payrolls were last year and go, okay, this oh, is Oh, they're signing crazy. Turner, DeGrom. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see that happening, man. I mean, revenues are huge. The Braves are making great money, but they didn't make as quite as much profit this year as they did the year before coming off the pandemic year. So, um, you know, because there were more expenses as well. But they're, they're making a lot of money. They're, I mean, don't, I'm not poor-mouthing them. They got the money. Yeah. They got the money, but I just don't see them taking that big leap up and giving somebody uh, ten to thirteen million more per year, to be averaging higher yeah. than higher than any single season they're going to pay. Riley Olson, Strider, Harris, uh, they're the highest they're going to pay. Acuna is seventeen million. So yeah, you're talking about with a Trey Turner, you're talking about double Acuna's salary at its peak every year, average annual value for a guy like Trey Turner. I just don't see that happening. Well, and I don't think the fall off to Dansby's that no, drastic. I mean, I, I love Dansby as a player. It ain't worth it. I'd and rather he's not spend that command the yeah, money. Those I guys agree. Are. I'd rather spend that money on two good relievers yeah. than Dansby. Yeah, or Bogarts. Yeah. The Bogarts. I think the only question about him is: is he going to stay on shortstop? Because the Braves are a team where you couldn't move him to third base. There's some teams that can move him to third base. And he might be worth a little more than Dansby over a length of a contract. That's debatable. You got to take into account all the intangibles. Who's going to hold up best? Who knows? But Bogarts is a better offensive player, more consistent. Been Mr. Consistency over five years. Yeah. But Dansby's defense is better. At least it was to last year. Bogarts had his best defensive year by far last year, by far. Is that the new Bogarts? I don't know. And if you're going to keep him, are you going to keep him at shortstop? You got to weigh that. But uh, I think he'd be a great fallback if you don't do Dansby. Yeah. They're going to make, I think, about the same. Pretty close. Yeah. Did you see that Tim Britton? uh, I liked his. I I think you linked that. But he had Trey Turner at eight years, 296. Correa, eight years, 260. Yeah. And then Bogart, seven, seven, seven for 175. And Dansby, seven for 168. 
which works I mean, out to $25 million a year for Bogarts and $24 million for Dansby. And I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's yeah. what you can um, – Kylie McDaniel and ESPN today had his list, too, of all the top 25 free agents. And his was real close to what we've been talking about with uh, with Dansby. When we were saying like six, 150, you know, I still think that sounds good, too, with Dansby, $25 million a year. I think they could have got Dansby at six, 120 a year ago. Oh, before this season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had a great year. year. And I think that's kind of you know, why you wouldn't see something happen from the end of the right. World Series until now or even the last couple months of the season is right. it's like what Mike was talking about. This is the big gamble. You know, you you yeah. put yourself in this position. It, it'd be a shame if Dansby took all this risk, you know, and then didn't see what was out there just to make sure how much he's passing up to sign back with Atlanta. Yeah. You know, if somebody offers him 28 a year. The Braves are at 22. Right. Six years. I think people freak out when they hear that because they think immediately think Freddie Freeman. You got to not think, you got to not worry about that. For one thing, Dansby has said many times, I'm hands on. I'm running my show. Yeah. You know, I'm not leaving it up to the agent trust and he's going to update me and everything and do the right thing. All It's the same agent, but Dansby says, I'm running my show. And the other thing is, there's no lockout. Right. That changed everything last year. So that was a kind of a perfect shitstorm last year. So I don't think people should worry so much that Dansby's going to look and see what's out there. And I know Chipper told Fred, if you go look and see what's out there, you're not going to come back. But I, I don't, I, I don't see any problem with Dansby taking a week or two at least to see what's out there. You know? Well, you have to. And his agent knows now that if Alex says we're moving on, if we're not done by, you know, like we're ready. If right. he says that, he knows he's not bluffing. Right. And he ain't going to give him an ultimatum, which he says he didn't do, but everybody says he did. Right. I mean, you just, you get to, I think it'll be a good thing because his agent already went through this once with the same team. Exactly. And if, I, if Dansby tells him, like, I want to be back in Atlanta, you know, like, I want you to make your best effort to get me back here and, and, yeah. and give him an equal shot. Don't it, let Freddie happen again. Just tell the agent that. Don't let won't. the Freddie situation happen again. No, all the heat his agent took for that. And, yeah. and I'm sure he took heat from Freddie too, you know, yep. if, if everything went the way that it sounded. They sounded like he, he fired him, right? So is, He's not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, and I think both sides, both sides are going to be, uh, both sides took heat over that, you know. The Braves yeah. also, a lot of people criticize the Braves for Pivoting so fast to Olsen, if you really wanted Freddie, why didn't you tell him? All right, we're getting ready to do this. Here it is. Yep. <laughs> so that was kind of why, you know, how bad did the Braves want to keep him? Well, if you did, then why didn't you tell him? So I, anyway, I think both sides are cautious of that. If both sides really want to be here, him to be here as bad as they say they do, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen because he's probably going to be on the low end of the four that are out there. And don't tell me you're going to expect to put Grissom at shortstop. I really don't think the Braves are planning to do that. He's not ready to do that. Yeah, he well, his it it would change things if he hit Long the time. way he hit. I didn't, you know, I didn't pay too close attention to his defense, and I think that's for me where I really don't like the idea of of trying to replace Dansby's defense and what he brings, you know, leadership wise to that infield. But and especially without shift. Right. With with Vaughn, you know, not hit if he hit the way he hit, yeah, those first couple of weeks and kept right. doing it, you know, I mean it, it changed things. But that's the big leagues. That's what happens. You know, right. you come up and then they adjust and you gotta adjust back. But I, I do think, I mean, for me, it, he's the heart and soul of the team. It, it, he's a There's leader. No it, you're losing losing him this year, but losing Freddie last year and then Dansby this year. Yeah, it's a big risk on a lot of the things that, that the Braves stand for and, and how they try to build their team. Yeah, 
I say, you know, what I, from what I've heard, all accounts, by all accounts, uh, uh, Bogarts, Correa, both are big leaders. But Correa, like we said, it's just out of uh, – it, it, it's yeah. not in their price range. I think he's going to the Dodgers. Right. They uh, – Kyle McDaniel had Trey Turner at eight years, 272. That's $34 million a year. Yeah. And he had uh, Correa at – uh, eight years, two sixty-five, which is thirty-three point one million. Then he had. Then you go down to Bogarts. He had him at six years, one sixty-eight, twenty-eight million average annual value. And he had Dansby at six years, one fifty, which is what you and I talked about. We yep. thought would probably do it at twenty-five million. That's what Kylie, Kylie, and Tim Britton are both really good at this stuff. They've got about the best projections I've seen. So. I, I really expect Dansby's going to get about six years, 150 million. I think that's yeah. probably what he's going to command on this. And maybe, who, maybe shocking, somebody gives him a seventh year option, or even makes a seven year deal. But I think at his age, the seven years is probably pushing it a little, a little much for a guy who depends. Speed is a lot big part of his game too. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's not a corner position where you just say whatever. I mean, a lot of his value is that athleticism, the shortstop. Oh, absolutely, and the whole you know running the ship from that yeah. infield position. I mean, yeah, at the end of his contract, if you wanted to move him to the outfield or something, you know, at the end, okay, but maybe he changes yeah. body changes over that span. But he's the kind of guy, it's another one you don't have to worry about, you know, he's the, work in. the conditioning <laughs> yeah. and all that. I think he's going to look just like he looks now in five yeah. years. He's not going to gain 20 pounds as he ages. No, no and I like, I like what you said about, you know, I mean, if, if one of those other shortstop signs for 12 or 13 million more than him or even say eight to 10, yeah. If you watch the World Series and the playoffs, the teams with those, yeah. like the Astros bullpen. Yeah. And the Phillies bullpen until Phillies the end was incredible. Yeah. It carried them a long way. Yeah. Those guys finally ran out of gas. You know, they finally got knocked around a little bit, but those guys were lights out for the first couple of rounds. So if you're able to put that money toward a lights out setup guy or, or you know, late inning guy, Along yeah. with getting the sh- another, you know, shortstop's a hole now until Dansby signs back. So if you could plug that hole and deepen your bullpen with that money versus just one spot in the lineup. Yeah, because you're losing Kenley. You got to replace him, whether you're yeah. replacing him with a setup guy, a closer, whatever. You're losing him. You don't know for sure how good Luke's coming back. I'm I'm, I'm sure they're going to resign Luke, but you don't know, you know, how good Luke's right. going to be right away coming back. Matzka's out next year, um, so you got to you got to add at least one, and I'd add two big arms to that yeah. bullpen. I just watching that postseason, it was like McHugh. If you got if 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 a team wasn't out of range for the Astros, yeah, you know, as out of striking distance, once they went to that pen, it was over. It, yeah, yeah, they shortened those games like the Braves did a year ago yep. in the postseason. Yep. They shortened those games to five or six innings, man. Because once yeah. you had like a three-run lead after five, you felt like it's, it's over. Wrap. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, and and that's a that's a nice luxury to have. And to get through 162 and still have those guys, yeah, you're going to need to be at spring training in a situation like the Braves were last year, where you go, why did they sign Kenley too? You're going to yeah. need that because yeah. you're going to need them. The way yeah. people bullpens are used nowadays, with nobody going seven and eight innings hardly anymore. You know, it's 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 unusual when they do. I mean, 175 is 200 innings now. Yeah, nobody's saying yeah, no, more you, than one. You need that depth to keep those guys fresh. So, I'd do that. I'd, I'd add a couple of bull. You got to add a couple of arms, man. You still got to figure out left field, but I think Von Grissom could be the answer out there, even if it's in a platoon, some type of platoon with Rosario, whatever. And you got to figure out what the hell to do with Ozuna, man. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you could do. I mean, that the old bad contract swap, ideally, that's what you'd like. But I like Arizona, for instance, they need to trade Bumgarner. Sure, I'd love that Bumgarner for depth. Have kept Bumgarner great yeah. in the clubhouse, all that good influence. But I mean, not that you're going to depend on him, but you'd rather have him than Ozuna. But does Arizona want Ozuna? I don't know. Maybe. May I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing if it's just a bad contract, but then you have to deal with the right, the off the field the, shit, the baggage of you know those you, those yeah, things. You got to sell your fans on why do we want this guy exactly? Yeah, it's got the domestic violence thing, and then last year was arrested. We want him because he's what great? No, he's not great. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, if he was hitting, if he was raking thirty bombs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then you go, okay, we're trying to win. I get it. You, you sacrifice yeah. a little integrity to try to win. <laughs> you get forgiven for anything in, in sports if you're if you're producing. Absolutely, man. So anyway, I don't know what the answer is there, but I mean, it's getting – if it's not this offseason and they're still in this situation a year from now then or even late in the year, then you're going to have to bite the bullet and say we eat the yeah. rest of it. But I just yeah. don't know if they're ready to eat, the, eat it right now. It's still a lot. Yeah, it's, there's a lot left. There's a lot left, and the Braves are not the Yankees or the Dodgers, you know. But, you know, that's one way to get the top five payroll, though. Just start eating yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, eat that money and add somebody in that position. You can get there in a hurry. It's not the way you want to get there. No, dead money is not the way you want to get there. No, I don't think that's what he was talking about. Uh, Alcantara, you think Cy Young guy? Pretty, I think yeah. it's probably pretty. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's pretty pretty close to unanimous. I like the free was a finalist. Didn't surprise me. Surprised me he got it. Well, not not that he got it over right, because I think you take Freed for granted because um, he's been good so long. But I thought Kyle would would be in there too. But I think Kyle games. will be. I think Kyle will be about five or six. I think he'll yeah. be maybe five. But I, yeah. I I knew Freed would get it ahead because I know how guys ju- how guys uh, vote. Right, they stack up all the stats yeah. and metrically and all that. I would, I put the numbers up yesterday. Freed was better in virtually every category except wins. I didn't realize wins is so cool though. <laughs> the ERA and the WHIP and the FIP yeah. and all that was just so much lower, and the strikeouts yeah. to walk ratio. And and I I didn't think about it because he does it he does it kind of quietly. Is that Freed had as many strikeouts as, as Kyle? It was right there, really. Yeah. You know, basically won an inning. It's it well, it's it's just the standard set for the guy. You know, right. when when Kyle goes right. out and strikes out seven and throws seven innings with two runs or something. Yeah, it feels great because he he's working his way out of that. Am I worried about this guy or not? Right. We're not worried about him at all anymore. But Freed has been out of that stage for four years. Right. When and he goes out and does it, it's just like, oh yeah, it's another good start for Max. Whatever. Right. And Kyle's piling up those wins a year after being in Triple A. Yes. And it just it's so much more noticeable. And he's a great talker. He talks a lot after games and all that. You know, yep. Freed just low key man. Everything's low yep. key about him, so you just take it for granted. Yep. But he's an ace, man. And and it, it didn't help him, you know, as far as the perception, what happened in the postseason. Kyle's right. went, went out and pitched up to his potential. Yeah. So, you know, Freed free was, man, he obviously was waylaid by that flu that he had. He was not ready yeah. yet. He was weak. Yeah, he wasn't right. He's not a real big guy. Maybe if you're 230 pounds, you know, 6'5", and you get the flu and you lose 5, 10 pounds, you can, you, you're okay. But he didn't have yeah. 5 or 10 pounds to lose. No, he's, yeah. I mean, he... <laughs> He's a, a lot of guys dude. have like a sugar reserve on them that right. you know, getting sick doesn't really he's bother thin. too much. Max he's, is pretty lean. He's as slender as you want to be, yeah. you know, 
no more poundage loss. And, and he was weakened by that flu and upper respiratory, whatever the, the combo that he had. It was pretty worse. It was worse than that than we thought at the time when he just vomited in a trash can. So anyway, I think Alcantara, Alcantara wins that. I don't know, man. I was the guy that thought Harris all along in the rookie of the year, but Strider, uh, or Strider has won like two or three of them. Harris won the uh, baseball digest one. I'm not going to be surprised now either way it goes. Yeah. I If I was voting, I still would vote Harris, but I'm totally not going to argue against Strider getting it. And if he gets it, I understand. He's had a historic, he had a historic season with yeah. strikeouts. Yeah. So. I mean, he's, it's fast, but I'd never seen somebody that can just, a lot of times he throws it right down the middle. Yeah. And it's just by him. You know, I mean, it's, he, he wins the flash factor. Mike did yeah. some really cool stuff, but. Spencer put up some numbers. The dude for the Astros reminded me of Strider when they, when they were breaking down what he does with his fastball, mm-hmm. how he has that carry on it, Javier. Yep. yep. Same thing. Same thing, though. He's not 6'4", coming downhill, throwing 98. He's coming from that lower angle. And the, what they were describing, Verducci was describing, is exactly like I heard you describe it, now Leiter describe it. Strider's not coming – on that same plane, and these guys have these launch angle swings, and Strider's fastball looks like it's going up because it's got that giddy up, that ride yep. on it. And Javier was really similar. That dude was unhittable. That unhittable, day. Well, he, literally. Well, unhittable. yeah, I mean, it was no hitter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think Strider next time next year, every time this guy goes to the mound, he's going to be one of those guys like Kevin Brown in his peak year when I covered him with my. Well, you feel like he could throw a no hitter. Yeah. Freed was on a stretch like that this year, but I think Strider is going to carry a no-hitter to the fifth inning like uh, every other time he's out there next year. Yeah, well, it's it's one thing to have an unhittable off-speed pitch, but you can't just sit there and, and crank off 80 sliders in a game. Right, the right. Fastball is the easiest pitch on your arm and, and the easiest pitch to control, and he doesn't even have to control it. He just has to get it in the box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, it's really lucky when your number one sign is a swing and miss pitch. Uh, that that's what makes him special. Yeah, because you look at Kyle or Max. If they didn't have one or two of their breaking balls or secondary pitches on on a particular, they it got ugly sometimes. They yep. might give up nine hits. Yep. Strider does not. When he gets ugly, it's it's oh man, he gave up five hits and three runs in four innings with twelve strikeouts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm really gonna be curious watching that guy next year, man. Coming back yeah. after a full year. You know he's going to be stronger. He'll be a crazy workouts in the offseason. And uh, he's going to be fun to watch next year. I'm really curious watching Kyle come back off a 21-win season. People are going to be disappointed if he only wins 15. But he had crazy run support. He pitched great. Kyle was incredible this year. But he literally had 50% more run support than Max Freed. Did he really? Per nine ends, 50% more. He had like 6.4 runs per nine inning or 6.2 and max had 4.1 per nine innings 50 well, percent more that you know that kind of makes sense though because you're talking about max is probably lined up with another team's ace yeah and and if you're kyle you were probably the third or fourth starter yeah. for for a yeah, lot of the he, year and that's you where you started out yeah you're facing, and then you have some bad luck and yeah yeah next thing you know hey i think he led the majors in run support for qualified pitchers yeah so that's why there's wins i mean he, he was getting a decision every game I don't know. Yeah, but you still got to – you still got to – Oh, you got to pitch great. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, to to win those games. 
Yeah, you're not going to win 20 games in this day and age. Not pitching your ass off. For one thing, you're not going to go five innings. A lot of these guys are not going to go five <laughs> innings, you know, to yeah. get a decision. So that's that's another nice thing about Kyle is he learned he really learned how to pitch to contact. Right. Right. He might have a bad second inning and still go six innings. He might yeah. have a 25 pitch inning in the first or second inning and still go six. And Max was like that too. Charlie was like yeah. that. Yep. They were all like that. It was good for those those three during the season to put they didn't stress the bullpen nearly as much as a lot of these teams had. That's gonna be Strider's issue is pitching to contact and nobody can hit his fastball. Like I'm, I'm begging these guys to put in play early in the count. They keep swinging through it. Oh shit, man. Teams next year, whoever whoever's in the pen, they're gonna be like thankful when Strider comes out of the game. Yeah. Like they were this year. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. I think the Braves will I think the latter starter, but I don't think it's not gonna be a frontline guy like people think. Maybe I'll be surprised, but I really don't think so because you don't think the Grom's coming. <laughs> we have consistently shot that down and people ask me about it. I don't even I, I try to I try to avoid discussion. They're not not only I don't do I not think he's coming, but I think it'd be pretty dumb to give a guy forty three million dollars or whatever he wants to get the Scherzer contract. Who does not stay healthy for? He's right. going to give you basically half a season of starts. I know he's incredible. He's the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of. I mean that's my thoughts on it. I don't think it'd be it'd be necessarily dumb, but I, I think it's risky for sure. Yeah, I think a team like the Dodgers can afford to take that risk. Yeah, yeah. Braves can't afford to pay that guy twice as much as they're paying anybody else and get fifteen starts out of him. You know. Yeah. I just I shouldn't say dumb because it's, you can't say it's dumb to sign the best pitcher in baseball. Right. <laughs> I just think with their payroll, their need at shortstop, their need to add a couple of bullpen arms, I think you'd be better served getting a really reliable back of the rotation guy added for depth. Yeah, that's just. I mean, if, if somebody signs him and gets, if he stays healthy, even at forty million, it's like it might be a bargain. But that's tying up a lot of your payroll. Yeah, I mean, if he goes and gives you 25 starts next year, you'll be happy. Yep. And you're paying him $43 million, man. That's crazy. That's got to be a huge payroll team. There's only a couple that can take that risk. Yep. And the Yankees aren't going to be the Mets. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he's Mets, I think I think he ends up staying. Yeah. I think Cohen. opting out for leverage, but. Cohen's got the money. That price is no object. He's already paying a huge luxury tax. You they know, signed I, Diaz to a hundred mil. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, exactly. Hundred. Yeah. So if you're going to pay your closer twenty million a year for five years, yeah. I mean, Degrom is—he's yeah. a god there. You know, Degrom is more Degrom jerseys than anybody at at that stadium, hands down. Yeah, including the two guys that beat the shit out of that Braves fan that day. <laughs> Remember <laughs> they had the crop jerseys on. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think they'll end up signing him. I, I do. And if not them, I think it's got to be like the Dodgers. I think there's only two teams that are, are willing to take that risk. Yeah. I mean, there's always some w- random wild card team that you're wondering if they even have a plan and they just go out and do something like that sporadic. Like the Rangers last yeah, year? Yeah. So, somebody will just <laughs> throw 50 a year at him and. If the, Rangers, if the Rangers had not tied up a half a billion dollars in the left side of their infield last year, I'd say they could be a real good option. But, God, there's got to be a limit. They'd be better off throwing money at Kershaw, trying yeah. to get him to come home. But I don't see Kershaw leaving L.A. And Otani's not, not getting traded. I saw some people kind of bringing that up. And their yeah. GM, I think, said the other day. Yeah, he did. Manasian said not, not the soft season. But I think they'll be revisited in the summer unless they're leading yeah. their division or you know, contending. Yeah. I think he'll get traded before the deadline. 
could get – I mean, that's two players. You could get a lot yeah. from him. Yeah, you're not going to get value for him in the offseason, I don't think. It's got to be a team that thinks he can put them over the edge and answer, fill a couple of needs. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, rookie of the year, uh, MVP. I had a vote. I ended up voting Goldie. Uh, that was a tough one, though. Those top he, four. He fell off a little toward the end of the season. Fell he did. Fell off quite a bit, but his numbers are still great because he was yeah. so great for most of the season. Yeah. But the top four are almost, uh, almost interchangeable. I mean, Freddie had a great year. Machado, Goldie, Arenado, Freddie. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be Goldie or Arenado, but they both fell off. They both fell off. Nobody had a great year. Machado got hurt and played hurt. I gave him kudos for that. I mean, he played a month on an ankle that most guys would have been on the IL the whole time. Yeah. And that hurt his numbers. He really impressed me this year. Out of those four, I think I put I think I put Freddie third or fourth, but I don't know. I don't remember. But I had those four in my top four. Then I had Riley. I think I might have had people are gonna be surprised how high I put Harris. I'm a Harris guy, yeah. man. I, I thought he was critical. I thought he was the biggest part. Him and uh, I thought his addition in center field was the biggest reason that the Braves, there were a lot of reasons, but did what they did. That got, he was, I thought he was terrific. So how about manager of the year though? That's always a tough one, man. And I think they should take it out of the writer's hands for the reason that they're asking beat writers to vote on manager. It puts us in a terrible position. If you vote for your manager, you look like a Homer. If you don't vote for your manager, your manager, if he happens to see that, it'd be like, well, fuck you, what man. Fuck I fucking with you. Wow, you don't think I did a good job? So it's like, if I was voting on that this year, if I was voting on that this year, out of those three finalists, how am I going to vote Showalter over Snitker when I watched Snitker beat a 10-and-a-half game deficit yep. and sweep them in the biggest series of the year yep. the last week of the season? How in the world would I vote Showalter over Snitker? And then you look at the Dodgers roster, and it's like they win a thousand games every season. How am I going right. to give it to that guy? Right, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. If I had a vote, I don't have a vote this year. If I was voting, I'd vote Snicker. Yeah, I would have. I think it's, it's a tough one because you—it's almost like what you've done recently. So Showalter's going to get a lot of credit for coming in and turning something around. Right. Snicker's won five straight. Right. Yeah. You know, what did he do and different this year? That, and yeah. what was the payroll compared to the Mets? Right. The Mets had arguably two of the best three pitchers in baseball in their rotation. I'm sorry, but I, they, they can't help it. I mean, he got one of them got hurt. They both were hurt for parts of the season, but they did. They have a they have the home run champion at first base. They got one of the one of the best shortstops in the game with a huge contract. I mean, they had some really. They have some. They got the best closer in the game this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. I mean, you have was, to give him a lot of credit for coming in and turning things around in New York. There's nowhere the harder culture. to do that. There's I give nowhere him credit. To do that. I give Showalter huge credit for changing yeah. the culture there, keeping it all together when things were kind of – when they got into a couple of slumps and the Braves reeled them in, then they pulled it out again and got ahead yep. of seven games again. I give him credit. I'd probably vote him second ahead of Roberts just because I – it's just hard to judge the Dodgers when they've got more talent than anybody, like yeah. by far more talent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough to judge the Dodgers with that payroll and all that. But I think Buck gets it, but I'm with you. I'd give it to Snip. I'd give it to Snip, man. I think he's going to win it for the second time. And what bigger challenge can you face as a manager than winning the division five years in a row and or four years in a row and having that being and that bad early? Losing the, the MVP. Losing yeah. the MVP and replacing him and yeah. not getting ten and a half games behind at the end of May. 
if if Snitker would have got fired that day and somebody took over for him, yeah, and the team did what they did, he'd he'd be a unanimous winner, like Philly. Yeah, right. And, and it, Thompson, and I think Thompson almost deserves to be a finalist over. I do too, Roberts Thompson. Even though you can't take into account what they did in the postseason, just keeping the Phillies in it, making that run, and getting them in the postseason because yeah. everybody wrote them off, and they he really lit a fire into them like Snicker did the first time he took over the Braves. Only Snicker didn't have talent like the Phillies had this year. Thompson really, they really played great under him. I thought he should have been one of the top three for sure. Yeah, and I mean Roberts won 111 games. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. They did what they're supposed to that, do. But yeah, I yeah. agree. And the Giants really fell off this year, so that was a you know. But they just they just hammered the Padres all year till the yeah. end of the season. So yep. yeah, tough choice. I just think they should take it out of the Riders' hands. That one. That yeah, I, one. puts I us in a rough you. spot. All right. Well. Things will get busy soon. It was great having Mike Soroka on here. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys uh, got into that discussion. I know it got kind of deep in the woods, but I thought it was fascinating to hear it. And and we're gonna, it's going to be really more fascinating if he comes back next year and defies and you get the to odds. See that difference in his mechanics too. Yep, yep. Tells that backstory. So, all right, everybody. Thanks. It we appreciate it. Seven fifty five is real. The Hank Aaron Award is presented tonight. By the way, speaking of seven fifty five is real. We are out. I bet Goldschmidt wins that. We're out. See you later.